Hey students, welcome to episode 35 of the Film Student Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Lazzaroni. My guest this week is Jesse Rothenberg from the Red Cohort. We talk about the comedy scene in Salt Lake City, Jesse's love of Joe Para, and his delightfully weird final film, Dijon Doug. On with the show. I uh, had a job uh, right out of college that I hated um, very much. What was that? Um, I was a procurement analyst. Um, Just sounds like joy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was It was literally nothing. Um, it, the job did not need to <laughs> exist to the point where I'm pretty sure when I quit, uh, they didn't replace me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I did that and I hated it so much. So I started doing like comedy to give myself something to like think about while I was bored at work. Um, then I got to the point where I quit work and um, I moved to Salt Lake City uh, to figure out what I was going to do with my life. The hotbed of comedy. In yeah, the, country. the hotbed. It's actually way better than you think. I, um, I I would assume it's it's at least decent. Most cities have like yeah. kind of like DC. I, you wouldn't necessarily think of like comedy hub, but it actually has a very yeah, good comedy. Scene. There's an improv there. Yeah, and there's like two um, improv theaters as well, right? Or there's yeah, there's now there's three um two are full-time one that is the biggest one that's part-time but yeah. in the space but is full-time for classes well that's how comedy has changed a lot in the past like i think 10 years or something yeah. where it's no longer so cent- centrally located in new york la and like chicago i guess right. like where every every city Every major city has like a decent stand-up club, at least one decent stand-up club, yeah. and like pr- and a big enough scene that like so many people want to do comedy of some sort. Yeah, that I guess I always just equate like everywhere. comedy with like vice, like it's it's a vice, and so and I always think of Salt Lake as like avoiding all vice. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? true. <laughs> well, it, Salt Lake has it's like a very weird vibe because um, it's all like the Mormon culture is like felt for sure. Oh, yeah. So it's like people who are mormon and then people who are like um like ex-mormon or like have like grown up like around that culture and are like are against it you know (laughs) uh so it's like people who are like like very like on one side or like completely on the other right you know Um, there's no middle ground yeah but they are all nice uh because they were raised with manners they're (laughs) just very polite i felt that when i went i've gone through the salt lake city airport a couple times yeah and it even just in there like you go to buy something in one of the stands and they're just feels a little different (laughs) yeah it's like well they're all blonde um (laughs) this too yeah uh, so, all right, so you so you went to Salt Lake City, then then what was next after that? Um, so yeah, so I took a year and I was working as a ski and snowboard instructor and during the winter and then like a essentially a carny during the summer. Um, <laughs> um, while all while I was deciding what I like wanted to like do with my life, I guess, and I decided uh, to come here. Nice. Yeah. How did you hear about the school? Um, I have a friend. A family friend who is a um, a film professor mm, um, okay. someplace else, and just sort of chatting with him about film schools. Uh, this was he he had heard about this, and because of my interest in comedy, thought I might be interested. That's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to hear other faculty from other schools that are that yeah. are pushing it. <laughs> that other people know it exists. Well, they were talking about the with the DePaul thing. Uh, one of the higher ups at DePaul that was that came to your all's uh, graduation screenings and was yeah. like, "That was amazing for for having only one year of training. What you got out of these people? Like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he was super impressed. And it's it's about it's about the storytelling aspect more. Yeah, it's like it's the fact that our stuff comes out and has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like that sounds so simple, but that yeah. is something that is so easily lost in all other production, uh, like classes, because they they learn how to how to frame a shot and how to set up the camera and how to to run the post production software and how to yeah all that stuff. So they make stuff that which looks we don't gorgeous. necessarily know how to do. No, but it, it's at least it makes sense. But we're also yeah. told like <laughs> those those people that can do that are easy to find. It's tough to find a storyteller that can actually you know make that yeah vision work and so it's like we're we're learning to be above the line versus yeah. they're learning to be maybe above the line eventually but probably below the line for a lot of it yeah and when you watch shorts a lot of them don't make sense right like, <laughs> like especially film school shorts i don't yeah. know if you've watched too many from from other schools but not the, a lot a lot of them are they look great but the stories are just uh, yeah they're tropey they're slow they're or just like guns yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what dale has the no guns rule which i i thought the school had the no guns rule i thought it was just dale's rule no i i'd oh, heard really? it that's like it's that's like a second city wide thing okay. now maybe maybe that's they've adopted that but yeah yeah like we were told no guns so of course we've had finger guns yeah and made the gun gunshot <laughs> sound <laughs> effects <laughs> for it <laughs> Oh no, oh, we wouldn't no. got actual sound wow. effects. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> For our fight scene, there's a gunfight at the end. Okay. <laughs> but it's just Scott and Carly making finger guns. <laughs> Are they doing it with their mouth? No. Uh, I had to tell Scott to stop because we were, we added the sounds in in post. It's but it, like, on the first couple takes, he's going pew 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 pew. <laughs> there's like a clip from the new Star Wars where uh, Laura Dern does that. Where she does a pew pew. Yeah, have you seen? It? No. <laughs> 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 yeah. I have to go track it's that like one. Down. It's like the one moment in the whole uh, movie that she shoots someone and she's like pew. <laughs> <laughs> How else do they know that I'm firing yeah. it? Well, they would have some kickback, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I guess Laura Dern doesn't do much uh, shooting in movies. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's typically more. I guess of, it's uh, probably true. Yeah. It's much more rom com yeah. type stuff for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh so uh, you just graduated part of the class finished up in what month august is that what your graduation was uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh and so you produced uh one of the most weird wonderful films for that dijon doug oh thank you uh and i i was lucky enough to get to hear the read through of that through colbreed's hot scripts with zach canard yeah which is um, awesome yeah it was if you're in chicago check out uh Cold reads hot scripts. I'm doing it Sunday. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, going. Actually, I'm gonna go uh, read this time instead of instead of submit something. So oh, nice. Should be interesting. But um, but yeah. And so we got to hear the story beforehand, and I remember going through the read through and just being like, "What is this? How are you gonna create this?" But also thinking it was hysterical. Yeah. And to see it come to life with Mark Campbell from Improvised Shakespeare, and uh, so who were the, the the rest of the crew? I heard they were from a troupe together. Or I had uh, Jordan Savusa, mm -hmm. um, Jordan Savusa, and Mark uh, Campbell are actually both on uh, the Red Coat tour touring company. Cool. With uh, Second City, so they've acted together a lot, and then. Most of the rest of the cast was actually uh, Harold Ramis people. Okay. Yeah. And and just it just 
turned out awesome. Like, what was Thank the you. process like for that one to turn to happen? Well, and actually, let, let's start out for the people that don't know what Dijon Doug is. If you just want to pitch it, pitch it. Okay. <laughs> oh, I haven't done this in a while. Uh, okay, so um, it's about uh, a guy who is um, dared to eat um, some mustard in exchange for a $2 bill. And after doing so, uh, all these people who are like kind of his friends, not really, really fucking love it. And it sort of becomes like the thing that makes him cool. And he just has to keep doing it and doing it. And uh, it's sort of just taking that idea and blowing it up uh, to an insane level. Yeah. Um, to the point where uh, we're eventually, uh, he's eventually seeing mustard everywhere like michigan is full of mustard and it really haunts him later in life yeah yeah how where did that idea come from um it comes from uh i think making uh one of your friends eat something gross for a small amount of money is a time-honored tradition <laughs> in uh american uh teenage boy culture <laughs> um <laughs> and so like i the specific like thing that made me think of it is uh, I had a friend in college who we'd go to like Denny's after we were out drinking, and one time, uh, he, we someone dared him to do a shot of syrup, okay, um, and he did it, and we went syrup like wild like maple syrup, maple syrup, like he got uh pancakes, super troopers, they did just chugging the stuff at the yeah, top of it. Uh, it wasn't even that much, but uh, yeah, but we loved it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and so then the next time we went to denny it's obviously we were like do it again <laughs> you had syrup shot syrup shot do it um and he was like no i'm <laughs> i'm not doing that again it was gross <laughs> uh so i guess just the idea of what if he said yes and like he, he like that just became his thing it. yeah that's hysterical and then i like mustard is a good condiment and then you, you just go <laughs> way off the dark weird deep end with it which is is just awesome with yeah. the, the interview at the end and everything like that so are you what are you doing with that one are you trying to submit to festivals are you um i'm still waiting uh hoping to do a little bit more music stuff with it mm -hmm. uh there's some music cues that are like temporary in there so okay. i'm waiting on some stuff from a composer and then yeah hopefully a few festivals i don't know yeah I had try, still trying to learn about all that stuff. I feel like there's there's some there are some like festivals out there that I think would fit really well with that one. That yeah, are just like uh, meant to be off the wall, left to center type stuff. Like they're that are into the because that felt that felt very much like Adult Swimish. Like that could oh, easily yeah. be up there next to like Children's Hospital or something like that. Uh, that makes total sense. That is a big compliment. So thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but I mean, the sensibilities fit. So I, I feel like there's something out there that would probably yeah like let you do. I have heard like that um, that they get so many dramas submitted that they like comedies. Yeah, which is yeah. and that goes back to the film school thing. Like they're yeah. they're like yeah, you're creating fun stuff to go watch, and you know all these other students that are coming through are just creating like dramatic things or They're like, like <laughs> sort of cute. let me bear my soul yeah <laughs> and we're like don't look at my soul <laughs> it's so dark and weird <laughs> um so what are you trying to do now like what's what's your what's your next step what's the end goal um right now i'm actually helping with a few people in uh who are gra who are graduating mm -hmm. this next terms uh finals 
uh, while also just trying to find work and make rent and yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, I know yeah. Um, Bridie uh, Drasovich and Robbie Justice, both former guests on the show, they, yeah. they're they both working with you. Who else yes. are you working with? Um, that is it right now. Um, I'm trying to uh, keep my time. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhat know, available not, for, yeah, not for over, paying work. Yeah. <laughs> not overreach myself. Yeah. What what's the what would you like to be doing in the long run with this? Um I'd like to I think be in a writer's room for mm-hmm. a sitcom. Uh but directing has really been like cooler than I thought it would be. Yeah. You know? Uh like I didn't think I'd like directing before coming to this school mm-hmm. and then after doing it it's like, oh this is pretty Yeah. This is pretty rad. Yeah. And it's it's fun. It's just it it's like writing. I mean the the whole aspect of Yeah. You write three times, you know, it it holds true. If you learn any one of the three legs, either editing, directing or writing, they all sort of fit it the yeah. It's it's very similar. You're just writing with different things it's like you're writing in the real world as opposed to on paper yeah and so i think it it balances over so yeah you so you'd want to direct tv or or uh write for tv yeah i like tv more than movies yeah so it's it's different now though even with tv because like a a sitcom from you know uh uh, nbc cbs one of those versus something that you're gonna get on like netflix or hulu uh they do the like the binge drop they the those ones are more apt to do <clears throat> you know almost like a mini what would be a mini series in tv yeah. world where like a season everything's strung together in specific order versus tv they'll make like episodic for, yeah, yeah that you could just tune in for one episode uh in syndication i do think later. that um where you are in store well, maybe <laughs> I like stuff that you don't have to watch every episode and yeah. like that are really the story is contained within one episode mm-hmm. and it's like it's going away from it so much and it might not come back. But like I think it know, will. I, th- I think there's always going to be a market yeah. for that, for the tune in and tune out. It's like you can you can watch an episode of Bob's any episode of Bob's Burgers no matter when. And it is. Absolutely hilarious yeah. because nothing changes except for whether Jimmy Jr. Uh, likes Tina or not. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's it. Uh, there's that's the running story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a fish odor running story or something like that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like there's new char- It's like some of the side characters change, change a little out. bit. Yeah, yeah. Um. So what? Uh. So you said you you were doing you were into the writing classes. What did you get most out of uh out of the program? I think like, a lot of it is just like the work ethic of it. Like mm-hmm. with like doing all these things at once, and now like I know it's possible, and I know I can be working on a on a pilot on my own while also like helping uh to produce a short. Like mm-hmm. it's all it's possible. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So just the the repetition. Yeah. Which is I think a big big thing for yeah. any skill. You just gotta do it over and over again. And also meeting all the wonderful people here who want to help. Uh that didn't is... sound sarcastic at all <laughs> as you said it. <laughs> oh, it wasn't meant to. That was <laughs> that's what happens when I try and sound sincere. <laughs> I sound like incredibly <laughs> sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, you're right, it, and I uh, they keep on saying um, I can't remember which teacher it is that keeps on talking about 
um, the Improv Nation, and they they just read that and they're like, eventually they're gonna make it like a new version of that, and some of the people in the school are gonna be in that book. I have no idea what that is. It's like it's just, it's just a book about improv. It's a book about improv and like the history of it, which includes like a big section about Second City and like kind of yeah. where all these people came from. And they're like somebody's gonna make a, another version of that or a future book that's similar to that that will talk about. You know, people that started through this program, and I won't hold my breath on that. But you don't think I don't, so? I don't know. You know, I feel like there, there's <laughs> going to be somebody out of this program. Yeah. Well, people keep doing it, and uh, yeah, people will get places. Yeah. But you never know. We've got a few that have that have gotten some jobs out of it so far. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing is that like it's it's all a long game. Yeah. Thing anyway, so it's not something that's coming to fruition tomorrow or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But so who are who are your comedic influences? The fact that you were into adult swim, is it very much in that realm or where else are you at? Um I can tell you right now, I like what I think is one of the best shows on TV is uh Joe Para Talks with You. Have okay. you seen that? Uh I need to watch it because one of the actors I used for something she's in the yeah. show. Uh, she's in it? Yeah, Katie Klein. Uh, she oh, plays. I recognize that name. Yeah, she plays in Superhuman here. Um, she's originally from DC too. Yeah. Uh, but she, uh, she's in. Uh, she plays one of the couple at the. I guess there's a there's one that's a wedding one, and she's the bride in the wedding. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I need to check that out. I also saw Joe Joe do like live stand up uh, during. DCM, I think a couple years ago or something that I was he's, in New York for. He's insane, and it's, it's just so good. I love. Oh my god, I just love it <laughs> so much. Uh, well, well, what I like about what he does, which is something that I tried to do, is um, he puts lots of value in like inanimate objects or like thing or like everyday um, things that mm-hmm. like don't have much intrinsic value to them but like okay. if you like you can like dump like power into the uh, to them i think it's like very funny power and um, in, in as much like impact on your life or in like like well like for the dijon doug thing it's like uh a how scoop, much mustard yeah plays into, into it's like the, life. A, yeah a scoop of mustard is like changing this person's life yeah um where it's okay. just it should just be like a weird little thing he did one day. You yeah. Know? <laughs> okay. I have to check the show out. It's. I think the toughest thing is like we we don't have Comedy Central on like the current package, and so of you your can't cable. Get, yeah. Or, so you yeah. can't get to it without, uh, without like a login or it's something. It's on. Like uh, it's on Adult Swim. Not oh, Comedy is it? Central. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was on Comedy Central. No. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out then because um, I do have Adult Swim. That I can do. Yeah, I love him. Uh. I like uh, Dimitri Martin is like uh, a longtime favorite stand-up yeah. of mine. Um, that like I'd say really influences my stand-up. Okay. Yeah. Do you are you like? I don't even know if you would call him. He's not a prop stand-up the same way, but the drawing thing is very much a unique. Like it's him and yeah. I think Eugene Merman are like the two that I've really seen. That do old dude. Yeah, I love Eugene too. Yeah, <laughs> I I can believe that. <laughs> yeah. Um. um 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually have like one bit where I do drawings. Okay. And like people, like one time someone was like, oh, do you need a stand for your props? And I'm like, oh my God. I <laughs> like you feel shitty when someone calls them props because like they're such this like stigma. prop comic stigma, you know? Nobody wants to be Carrot Top. Yeah. That is, that exactly. Is the, at the end of the road. Like, and, it, you know, they, they pick on people that use like musical instruments in their comedy too. Yeah. Oh. Which I. Musical comedy is great. <laughs> yeah. Tim Minchum. Yeah, he, he's oh, good. Oh, that stuff's ridiculous. Uh, and I don't know if Nick Thune's still doing stuff. Nick, but he, Yeah, like Nick Thune's awesome. When he started out, he was doing like a lot of guitar stuff, and is that like half of it was guitar. Um, David O'Doherty um, plays piano while he does stand-up, which is really good. Um, yeah. Well, I think the cool thing about... I could never do it because I don't know how to play an instrument, but... Um, because music is inherently entertaining already. Yeah. And then you're just putting jokes in. Yeah. So it's entertaining and funny. Have you seen Bo Burnham's specials? Oh yeah. Those yeah, are great. ridiculous. That yeah. is that is a show. Like it's it's closer to a one man show than it is to It is, yeah. It's like he could not he could not have started doing that not on YouTube. You yeah. Know? Like he needed an audience to start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've started, you started doing, were you doing stand up uh, a lot before coming here or? Yeah. Much more before oh, I really? came here. Yeah. So like how, how you're doing a couple nights a week here, aren't you? Uh, yeah. I try to do about five nights a week. Oh, wow. Six nights a week now. Yeah. Where but, all, where all do you get in? Uh, well, there's open mics all around the city, um, that, if nothing else is going on, I'll do those. Mm-hmm. Um, I produce two shows as well. So one of them is at the Laugh Factory. It's called Highly Recommended. I'm going to plug it right now. <laughs> yeah, do it. Uh, it's uh, it's called Highly Recommended. It's um, the second Sunday of every month at 4.20 in the afternoon. Nice. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen Douglas movies? They uh, do, he does all of his shows at 4.20. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're hoping to land him as a headliner one day. Nice. Uh, unlikely, but that would be cool. So, yeah, the next one's October 14th. So I help produce that and get to perform on it um, probably like every other month. Mm-hmm. And um, then me and uh, Melissa McGlenzie and Todd Rissome, um, who both are connected to Harold Ramis, mm-hmm. um, host an open mic um, at the Sedgwick Stop every Sunday at 9. And uh, we're putting on our first show this weekend um, at 8. Yeah. yeah, the the showcase that you that you put together. Yeah, because so. you've been doing the open mic for a while, but this yes. is the first like showcase, which is I think uh, Melissa was telling me it's two sort of known comics from the area, and then all of you and some people that you've invited that have been regulars at the at your open mic. Is that right? Or yeah, actually, I think everybody who is on it has been to our open mic. That's the nice. thing about Chicago comedy. There's it's like most. Most people aren't above going to open mics. You yeah. know, there's like there are people in the city who like have graduated to the point where they don't have to do it at all. Right. But um, uh, like a lot of people you see at open mics who are doing shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it depends on the city because there's not always venues where you can do kind of the walk up slot the same way that they do like out in L.A. or out in New yeah. York. Where where you can just have oh yeah I went to the to the laugh factory I went to um uh, you know 
catch or something like that and did, yeah. did a did it's insane time. how different it is everywhere you go oh yeah uh, it's like every city has its own like little like quirks and rules about it yeah and then culture to go along with it yeah so and is that something that you that you would want to also keep going with as the stand-up or because you said you dropped off some when you were here yeah just because so busy with yeah uh the schoolwork. um yeah i like doing it a lot um but i I also like the writing side of it more. So yeah. it's like if it could turn into a writing job, that would be a, that would be rad. What was your uh, what was your final writing assignment? Um, it's uh, it's about a. Um, I feel like I'm like dragging you over the coals, having you <laughs> I mean, having you have to repitch this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I got away from pitching. I didn't have to keep doing it. I thought I was done with this project. No, no. <laughs> no. get to uh, it again. Pitch now. Yeah, I guess I should be able to do this. Uh, <laughs> that's what they keep telling us that you got to be able to pitch on a dime. Uh, well, so it's about dimes. Um, <laughs> Perfect. And uh, pitchers of dimes uh, that I'll drink. Um, never mind. <laughs> uh, it's about. It's called T Rex Tony's Extreme Adventure Park, um, and it's about a. Uh, FTC, Federal Trade Commission employee who gets caught in a uh, pay-for-play scandal and uh, ends up losing her job and has to move to uh, southern Utah where she works at a extreme adventure park. Um, this is, I'm guessing, basing on personal experience knowing now the Carney background? Yes, okay. uh, that is uh, definitely... A lot of the characters are inspired by uh, people. people I actually met. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's everybody's project. Like mine takes place between DC and Chicago. Yeah, and then you're writing a, a feature, right? Yeah, yeah. That one it might kill me. We're, okay. We'll see. <laughs> How far into it are you? Uh, eighty-three pages. Oh, that's good. And probably pacing out for like one ten to one twenty. So are you on the third act? Uh, just got through Act Two. Eighty three is the end of Act Two. Okay. So yeah, into into the third act with the very next word that I write. Okay. <laughs> Which I stopped. I was like, Act Two done. Got it. Are <laughs> you gonna revise before? Are you gonna try and finish and then? I've never finished a feature in any form. Yeah. Like I, I've started them before, but I've never finished one. And so I'm like, I'm just Do gonna finish. finish it. Like I'm taking feedback now. But the other thing was is that I. When I started it, like Kat gave me some feedback based on the on the pitch of it after I'd already written a few pages, and I was like, okay, well, I'll I'll finish and I'll come back to those, and I've written more, and then she she's read it since then and and gave me the feedback. Oh, well, these things that I was giving you like issues about before, she's like, no, just leave them. Like they you've you solved them. Through. Either solved them or used them in a different way than yeah. what she expected. And it's like namely like the, the whole concept of it is the pact. And she's like, Oh, the pact concept's completely like like aged out, it's been overused, uh, it's been beaten into the ground. Like you, you find something else. And, but then now there's a pact holding two characters together, essentially. Bringing like them bringing, bringing them, them back together. together. Yeah. 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 And uh it's it's a pact that uh, um a guy in his high and his friend in high school the two of them made a pact that if they were both 30 and unmarried they would find one another and get and get hitched oh okay and classic and so he well so somewhat but yeah. he goes he he tries to find her when he turns 30 when he's about to turn 30 and uh can't find her and so it's going in search for her okay uh to try and find out what happened and he has to recruit her younger sister to help out through the process oh and, yeah 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 so it's it's really a story about him and the younger sister more than it is about the, so it's it, it the pact is the thing that drives it forward but it's yeah. not and then they come to find that 
they have some sort of relationship or something or you'll we'll find out you'll have to you'll have to uh, to watch screen. the movie when it <laughs> yeah. when it comes out to to figure out what happens but yeah. i can guarantee you it's probably not what you think okay so it's uh the, which is the fun part it's i'm trying to do kind of the rom-com that's not really a rom-com okay. or so we'll see but yeah feature have you have you finished a pilot before yeah i actually did a pilot before because in term two i was like i i gotta take a break from from writing uh the because i worked on the same feature in term one yeah and i was like i just need to step away from it for a bit and i had this dumb idea from a improv sketch that we did in uh in class me and and dan murray yeah uh, so i wrote uh, a time bar it's about a, a bar that hurdles through time and time and space and uh picks up benjamin franklin who becomes one member of the crew for oh that's cool so, so it's like yeah. it's like a little bit like bill and ted inspired it is. yeah but, it's it's uh, very uh what was the the crossover i said it was like um always sunny meets quantum leap okay that was basically the the idea. They're all assholes, yeah. but they can time travel. Yeah, basically, like they're all they're all uh, not even assholes, just terrible to one another. Okay. And then they recruit Benjamin Franklin to join them. Who, he, is he also terrible? Uh, he hasn't does, hasn't revealed himself as terrible. Well, he's he, a little bit. He's he's obviously like a, a womanizer, and yeah. and he's he's got the hots for the for the uh, main character's younger like for his sister. Uh, who just thinks he's a creep and yeah so they're all they they i would say the always sunny people have more rapport for one another than the characters in time bar do okay. like they they all have to kind of deal with one another can i give you an interesting ben franklin fact that may help punch up a scene at go some for point? It. i had to do a lot of research um, to make that one work so I may, I may know it let's see he apparently believed that standing naked in front of a window was as good as taking a bath interesting okay i did not know that one but i i feel like if i were writing this as a series i would have to know my benjamin franklin inside just out upside down biography or something yeah like i already I just to, all about the france years yeah well and just to pick out the right date for when they would travel so that he was going to be in the location they were traveling to i had to like research and find out when was he in the united states oh, when yeah. was he not like 1777 it was post uh declaration of independence so that was signed but he was also still in the country yeah so that was the that was the time frame i've got him dropping in and i had to get the month right too because for part i think for the very beginning of 19 or 1777 he wasn't there uh you know people would have held you to that tony they would have been like the dates are all wrong some (laughs) some jerk would have been like you know what i was into it and then they just got the dates completely wrong and i was just completely taken out of it I, i couldn't believe that they were uh, <laughs> hurtling through time in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the time travel part makes sense, but get the times they land on. Yeah. Right? So so I wrote that one. So that was yeah. that was a, just my palate cleanser before going back to the pact and, and mm. working through it. So that's why I'm. Otherwise, I think I probably would have finished the pact in term two. Um, yeah, I, tr- I started outlining a feature, and I, that's what I was going to do for term two, and then I just got terrified, and yeah. I was like, I, I don't get what's in the middle. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing there. What was um, your What was your uh, feature? Um, the idea was, ooh, let me remember it. Um, it was about a um young, uh, pear farmer. Who is someone who grew up as a pear on a pear farm who always wanted to grow honey crisp apples? Okay, and then he lands after college. He lands a job at the Minnesota 
um, School of uh, Agriculture, which is like a world renowned for their apple department. They okay. like, create they created the Honeycrisp apple, and he's trying to get a job working for them. But instead, he ends up in the apricot department. Um, and uh, it's and it, after that point, it would essentially become like a uh, like a frat like underdog frat movie, you know, where like <laughs> he has to like rally the losers at the apricot department to like save their funding. Okay. And the, the apple guys are dicks. <laughs> How much of that is, is truth? Like, is there act? Does that the, organization the Minis- actually exist? Yeah, the Minnesota, uh, University of Minnesota School of Horticulture, not Agriculture. Okay. Um, actually created the Honeycrisp apple and like a lot of other popular commercial apples, which is where this whole idea came from. I thought that was wild. I'm from Minnesota, and I don't know these facts. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> And I love Honeycrisp apples. Uh, right. They're the best apples by far. Um, oh, I would, I would uh, Gala apples. Those Gala are, uh, ooh, is not as juicy. Oh, but they're sh- like, they're sweeter. I like them. To each his own. Okay, I, you can I, be wrong if you want. We, oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks. We we found we found the rift in our friendship. <laughs> yeah. we, we can never be that close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in wrapping up, if people want to try and track you down on social media and see what else uh, maybe you're doing for comedy stuff, any spots where they can find you? Sure. Um, on Twitter, I'm underscore hot nonsense. Uh, Instagram, it's just hot nonsense, and same as YouTube, mm-hmm. hot nonsense. And do you have um, a website? I don't have a website now. Okay. Might need one at some point in time. Yeah, Start I've, promoting this I started career. poking around at Wix. Uh, yeah, but it, I, sh- <laughs> I tried Wix actually for the podcast website, and I just. Uh, it, I didn't like it. I was like, it, "This is too. This is more complicated than the commercials make it seem." Yeah, and <laughs> I tried Squarespace, messing around with that same deal. Like, oh really? They they both just, especially if you're trying to post like episodes up to it, it no, like you have to use their hosting for it, which sucks compared to you want. no, it's, it's it's pain in the ass. So, what did you land on? Uh, so I, <laughs> I signed up for this site called The Grid, which I've I've had for a while. I was a like early investor in it. Uh, so I have like lifetime membership for it. It's a website that builds itself and it's useful to a degree. Like I can just give it a web link and it builds a, it builds it into my site automatically. I don't have to do a lot of extra legwork for it, but it also means I have very little control. If something doesn't look right, I kind of, it's like spinning dice like or spinning a, a wheel. Like you don't really know what you're going to get until you try it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's never perfect and it looks a little not what you want. Yeah, it's it's close, which is the sad part. It's like if I could just tweak it, like if I could take what it did automatically and just make these couple changes. And so they've been forever promising a like a third version of it that was going to be free to founding members, which is what I am. Uh, But uh, they keep on just moving the. Time originally they were like well it's gonna be this by this time then it's gonna be by this time then twice they've said launching in like three days and two days and then one day and then <laughs> nothing just kidding yeah and it's not even just kidding they just don't talk oh, okay. like they disappear for for three to six months that's funny uh, and then they resurface and they're like we're about to launch and it's gonna come down in three days two days and so, yeah so there's a lot of people pissed off about that one but it hasn't stopped working so until it doesn't i'll kill you it there yeah so all right we shall see, but that was a long story for no good reason. Hey, everybody loves learning the intricacies of the failure of a tech company, <laughs> you know? Womp womp. Well, I appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony.
That was Jesse Rothenberg. Thank you to Jesse and to the Harold Ramis Film School and the Second City staff for their help. The song on this week's episode was Free by the Great Heights Band. Pick up their newest album, Rad Pop, on iTunes and Google Play. This show is recorded and edited by me, Tony Lazzaroni. If you want to hear more from me and my classmates, teachers, and a few special guests, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at filmstudentpod. And be sure to check out some of my and my classmates' work at filmstudentpod.com where you can also find links to all of our past episodes. See you all next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>